Good morning, everybody. Happy New Week. I hope you're doing amazing, as I am uh, super excited and happy to be back. New school term. Kids are off at school. We're back from all of our holidays, and I've got a gorgeous author of mine that I'm going to meet in real life face to face because we've actually never met. We've only been Zooming for how long? Like 12 to 18 months, probably. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, yes. This is Yelena Fishman, guys. Um, and she wrote a book called What's Normal Anyway. You can see it behind her on that banner. And I'm excited. She's based in Melbourne, same as me. That's why we're going to catch up for lunch this Friday and actually meet each other in, um, in real life. But I'm going to give you a little intro official introduction of who Yelena is before we get stuck into uh, why she wrote her book, what the book is about, some insights around her expertise and all that sort of stuff. So here we go. Yelena Fishman is a registered psychologist with the Australian's Health, Health Practitioners Regulations Agency. She holds a Bachelor of Arts and a postgraduate diploma of psychology from Monash University in Melbourne and a master is a master of counselling psychology from Swinburne University in Melbourne, which is where I studied actually psychology. Uh, for the last 15 years, Yelena has worked as a psychologist at a non-for-profit organisations, primary schools, corporations, and in medical centres around Melbourne. Yelena's expertise lies in building strong rapport with her clients and providing fast, effective strategies um, that people can implement immediately. She's passionate about sharing information on psychological topics, shattering myths around mental health and reducing stigma around seeking help for psychological concerns. All right. Well, there's a lot there to cover off, especially at a time of what we've been going through the last two and a half years. Mm. Um, so tell me, first of all, you know, why did you decide to become maybe a psychologist? And then how long was the book churning within you? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, Nat. Good morning. So good to see you today. Yeah, you too. Um, so the reason I decided to become a psychologist, that was a bit of a story, I guess. I um, went through immigration at a young age to a country and sort of had to go through, you know, a couple of, I guess, difficulties as you do when you move to a new country, you know, adjusting to a new environment, um, you know, a little bit of I was nine at the time, and there was a bit of, you know, I suppose maybe difficulties around bullying as well, people laughing at my accent, kind of being different, being, you know, not like everyone else. And so I um, reached a point in my life that was quite vulnerable, and there was no help available. So there was a lot of stigma about seeing a psychologist, and, um, you know, luckily, thankfully, my dad was into self-development so he had a lot of books in our house and I was able to go through those books and through those books I got um, out of a vulnerable place where I was at and I think I just wanted to write a book for other people who perhaps you know possibly would be in that difficult place with no one to turn and no no way out um, seemingly and I'm hoping that my book is you know that pathway for them to get the right help and to know that there's hope available. Yeah, so yours kind of began from, yeah, going to a, a new country, probably 
You, did you speak English when was it here that you immigrated to? Or? So, so no, I immigrated from um, Moldova in the former USSR to Israel. So I didn't speak wow. a word of Hebrew. Uh, very different culture. Very yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eastern Europe and Middle East, quite um, different yeah. climate. So yeah, um, didn't know anything about the culture um, at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow. And how long did you live in Israel? So we lived in Israel for 10 years. And then when I was 19, we moved with our family to, to Australia. So I second immigration to Australia. Yeah, two quite different cultures. And so, yeah, you really needed the, the mental toughness to, yeah. Resilience, absolutely, yes. Yeah, I, mean, I guess, you know, I mean, you're not speaking to someone who hasn't done it, same as myself, you know, coming here at the age of 14 and not speaking any English. And yeah, it's a bit of a shock to the system. Luckily, my mum always said, every beginning is hard. So, you know, uh, that's been one of the things that I've always noticed, you know, in life, you know, you got to persist through those early stages until you assimilate into a, a place. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. So um, you became a psychologist and then, um, so how long have you been a psychologist now? Um, so I fully registered in 2011. Yeah. Um, yes, so we both were stages, sorry. So 11 years all up. And Correct. So uh, only in the last couple of years you wanted to write a book or has it been longer? <laughs> I think in the last couple of years, that was sort of something that definitely was on my mind quite a lot. Um, and as you know, there's so many excuses why not to write a book, you know, you've got your time and other commitments. Yeah. Um, so the COVID was actually the catalyst for, for my book. It sort of forced me to stop and there was, you know, I had no excuses. I, I ran out of excuses during COVID. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> a lot of people did and, and wrote, you know, completed that. It's a massive project that, you know, when you have that time, it's also a great distraction from being locked down in a city the most locked down city in the world right absolutely it, it, it saved my sanity writing my book and getting to you know doing something that i'm passionate about rather than you know being surrounded like you said with lots of negativity um you know yeah. during the lockdowns yeah yeah absolutely and it's all almost like self-healing as you're as you're going through you know all of those you know tough tough a tough times so um mm -hmm. did your workload increase during covid with people suffering from mental challenges uh, exponentially Nat. exponentially i had to i had to close my books because um you know like you already as a psychologist you already had quite a load of um of clients on plus remote learning you know with the young sort of young children and um yeah so i wasn't able to take on new clients because my current clients existing clients were already you know, already struggling even before COVID. And then when COVID hit, things became even more difficult. So I had to give yeah. them, I suppose, my attention as well as making sure that I was well enough to still do yeah. this job. Absolutely. So let's talk about, you know, seeing a psychologist or, sure. you know, you say there's some myths because, you know, um, I, I'm guessing from where you came from, uh, and I know where I come from in Macedonia, if someone goes to a psychologist, um, it's like, they think that you're crazy or exactly. insane, right? Same. Yep. <laughs> it's exactly. that culture. I think it's outside of the world, you know? Yes. So what, are, what are the three myths that you think people have around psychologists? Yes. So no, you, you're absolutely right. So I think um, the biggest myth is, 
you know, if you see a psychologist, um, it means that you are crazy. It means something is wrong with you. Um, many people are scared that a psychologist would be judging them or laughing at them, um, possibly that they will be forcing them to take medication um, or even maybe forcing them to be admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Um, I think the biggest myth I was hoping to um, dispel today is that people think that to see a psychologist, they have to be at a very low point. They have to be at a crisis point. And that's not the case at all. Um, you know, I guess just like with other professionals, I'm, I like to take the analogy of dentists. Mm -hmm. You know, if we wait until, you know, we've got a toothache before we see a dentist, yeah. usually the problem is quite deep by that stage. It's yeah. usually, you know, longer to heal. It's usually more expensive, more time consuming. Um, so luckily there's now an acknowledgement that we need to see a dentist, even when there's no problems, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the psychologist is the same, you know, there's no need to wait until it's absolute crisis. You know, it's okay to see someone, even if there's no problems, I've got clients who come to see me and they don't have a diagnosable condition. They're actually really successful, well-functioning people. And they come to see me because they want an objective perspective, they want to speak to someone who's not going, going to judge them. Mm. And it's like a sounding board. So you can yeah. see a psychologist, even if you've got no issues at all. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, coming, I, having studied that and st studied coaching as well. And when I used to do one-to-one -one coaching, I used to say, um, have clients who just wanted that regular, you know, touch base with someone yes. who was um, objective and non-judgmental. Yeah. 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 I agree. Prevention is better than a cure because when you have to get to the cure stage, um, similar thing, um, you use the dentist analogy. Mm. Um, I've been going to a chiropractor. Mm. My son was a baby and I started because of pain because of my uh, shoulder carrying him on just one side. And it was like, I didn't know what to do about it. But once I learned and understood the benefits of chiropractic and regular adjustments mm. and all that sort of stuff, for the last, what, 14 years, he's going to be 14 this year, yeah. all my three kids and me, and I was just messaging him this morning saying, we're at Cairo tomorrow. Like, you know, once a month we go and have like a tune-up. Yes. To be honest, that uh, you know, kids have never taken antibiotics, any drugs, any like serious illnesses and all that. And it's a good thing, you know. I think sometimes people just wait as you say, and mental health is one thing can really spiral deep. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. And I think in this culture mm. that we're in in Australia, I think that's, it's becoming a lot more acceptable. Like you say, you have clients who see you who don't have really any uh, deep concerns or challenges yeah. and things like that. Um, so how do you see, how does a person seek out a psychologist? Yes. So, um, you know, some people don't actually know, but the first step is to go to a GP. Mm -hmm. So the best way to find a psychologist is through um, a doctor, hopefully someone the person knows and trusts. Yes. Um, and the reason for that is some physical conditions can mimic symptoms of a psychological condition. So if there's like a, for example, a hormonal imbalance or thyroid problems, they can have symptoms that mimic, you know, anxiety and depression. So it's always a good idea just to make sure there's nothing physiological going on that contributes to how someone is feeling. Yeah. Um, another thing is if someone goes to a doctor, at least in Australia, 
um, GPs and psychologists work together, which is why I'm based in medical centers. Mm. You know, we complement each other. Um, and a GP can make a, a referral to a psychologist that's um, partially subsidized by Medicare. So there's a Medicare rebate that a person can get. And thanks to COVID again, um, in Australia, people can get 20 sessions per calendar year. So every single calendar year, someone can receive 20 sessions with a psychologist mm -hmm. that Medicare gives a rebate for. That's great to know. Yeah. Um, and so I suppose, you know, a person can see a social worker and occupational therapist as well. It's called um, Better Access to Mental Health. Um, and it's a mental health care plan that someone can get through a doctor. Mm. Yeah, so that gives um, the psychologist permission to communicate with the GP. So, mm. you know, every set amount of sessions, the psychologist writes like a little letter or an update. That's how we're going, whether the person needs more sessions. Um, so I think I would say about half of my clients have a mental health care plan. Yeah, yeah. And mm. do some people like just come to you uh, without going through a GP or you have to go through a GP? So no, you don't have to. Um, good question, Nat. Um, I've got people who don't see me through a GP at all. They just come, you know, privately. Um, they can have perhaps, you know, sometimes lots of health insurances have cover for psychological sessions that they can use or just without any cover. So nobody, people don't have to see a GP. It just, I guess, um, if they do see a GP, it will give them that Medicare rebate, but it's not necessary. They can see a psychologist, you know, just privately. privately. Mm. Yeah. So what would you say is like, you know, obviously there's a lot of people who do uh, mental health work with others, right? So there's the psychologist, there's the psychiatrist. Yes. Who are the ones that can prescribe the drugs, right? Correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, then there's a lot of coaches and counselors. What's the difference between a counselor and psychologist? Yes. Really, really good question. So um, the difference would be in, you know, firstly could be in the training. Um, so I guess with, um, with psychology, it's a regulated profession. So a person can't call themselves a psychologist unless they've met requirements. Yes. Um, a counselor, in theory, anyone can call themselves a counselor. And a coach. Uh, and a coach exactly. There's no um, regulation of those yes. titles. Yes. Hopefully a person who calls themselves a counselor and a coach <clears throat> will do some training, will do, um, you know, some courses or um, some sort of a program that yes. gives them extra qualifications, um, but it's not necessary. So yes. people don't have to do it if they don't want to. So mm -hmm. suppose, you know, it is important for people to check the person's credentials. Yes. Um, you know, I guess that's the main thing that you want to make sure that whoever you see has some sort of accountability. Yeah. So I'm accountable, for example, you know, uh, APRA, the person, you know, the board, yes. um, you know, it's it's holding me accountable. So it makes sure that every year I have to show that I've done professional development, yes. I've done supervision. Um, otherwise, I can't register myself again. So or yeah. renew my registration. Um, so people can utilize whoever they want, whoever they feel comfortable with. But I think it's, it is a good idea just to make sure that the person is, is able to help them with what they need. Yeah, I agree. And um, and I know I've, I've played in both those worlds and I know that psychologists are highly regulated profession um, and you got to do uh, a lot of things. Whereas, yeah, you got to do your due diligence if you are 
going to coaches or consultants because um, I did a two-year training um, for life coaching and I got my diploma behind this wall for my <laughs> diploma. Even my Swinburne Uni psychology degree is back behind this banner. But, um, yeah, a lot of people like, um, I guess, uh, what I found when I became, uh, when I wanted to do the coaching, not a lot of people even asked me about qualifications I like to have my diplomas up on the wall and all that kind of stuff so people can see it and that that kind of helps but it's interesting that people don't don't ask um yeah what do you think that is I I think people are very trusting um you know and they if they see someone I guess advertising themselves as able to help in whatever area they they trust that the person is able to help them which is i guess it is lovely in some ways but the person helping them has a degree of power over you know the consumer because Mm -hmm. they're coming to see you for a particular expertise Mm -hmm. so there's um um i guess an, an imbalance of power which i'm very mindful of when i'm speaking to my clients you know as much as you want to be you know lovely and you want to be sort of seen on an equal level to to your you know customers or clients it it's not an equal level there's always an imbalance of power yeah yeah no i agree and um and sometimes people might feel intimidated to ask for that kind of information correct correct but i would encourage people to ask to look around there's there's so many people who want to help which is fantastic but i think we need to be really mindful of um making sure that we're speaking to the right person and someone who is um, definitely going to help us with with what we're looking for. So then, um, say you find someone uh, to work with, um, what do people what do people expect to ha- happen? What happens in the first session? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So yes, look, it's it's a big deal to to come and see someone you've never met before. Um, as I said, you know, I guess when we always see, you know, when go to see like a specialist, there's always a bit of that anxiety. Yeah. No matter if it's a psychologist, it could be a chiropractor, it could be a gynecologist, you know, heart specialist, whoever, uh, there always will be some anxiety about what that person is going to say. So I guess the biggest tip I would say is, you know, perhaps write down some bullet points. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may want to bring a support person with them to the session just to make sure that they feel comfortable because the session itself is a conversation, just like you and I are having yeah. 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 Um, so the job of the, you know, any professional I'm guessing, but definitely psychologist is to understand as much as possible from the person about what's bringing them here. Like, mm-hmm. why now? What is going on? How long it's been going on for? And what the person is hoping for? So their goals. Um, and I guess in that first session, the psychologist assesses whether they are the best person to assist. And hopefully the the client as well is assessing how comfortable they're feeling with this person like in your case with a chiropractor it could be a relationship that lasts a decades potentially you know so it's yeah so it's like you're picking yourself a professional best friend um that's right you're finding a match i mean even in our business hmm. of helping people write books not everyone who wants to write a book is a good match to work with us and vice versa we don't want to work with everybody you know we um we vet content, personality, yes. are we going to get along? Because, yeah, not everybody's for everybody. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it goes both ways with psychology as well. 
Um, yeah, so I usually recommend for people to give the psychologist at least two sessions yes. to suss out if that's the right person. Because in the first meeting, you know, the person usually feels a bit, you know, anxious and maybe um, uncomfortable, nervous, yes. And the psychologist might be sort of also, you know, sussing things out and trying to understand, you know, information. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say maybe at least two sessions just to see yeah. how the fit goes. Yeah, you first got to break the ice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first session and then, you know, kind of the second time you walk in, you should feel a little bit more at home. Exactly. Um, and by the end of it, you'll know 100%. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely some good advice. <laughs> some good advice. <laughs> I love it. So if people bought, bought your book, What's Normal Anyway, what, yes. what are they going to learn from it? What, what's in there? Sure, sure. So look, my book is, um, so the first two chapters is a bit of my personal story, just to set the scene for what's normal, I guess. Um, and the rest of the book is um, a step-by-step -step process. So it's a step-by-step -step process for people to see what they can, um, I guess, signs that someone may need a bit of professional assistance, where to find a professional, how to know that that's the right match, Yes. Um, and there's some tips around making sure that it's um, making the most out of therapy, I guess. So things to look out for, um, how to make, you know, the communication, the best communication possible with the psychologist. Uh, it's a quite an interactive book. So um, I guess being a psychologist, I like lots of reflection and making sure that people get delve deeper, you know, beyond the book. So there's reflection exercises in most of the chapters. Uh, in the beginning, people score themselves if they want to on the yeah. level of knowledge on all the chapters. And then at the end, there's another scoring as well for them to compare before and after. Yes, yes. To see what they've learned from the experiences. But I'm trying to make this book um, as if I was a professional friend walking by someone's side. Yeah. You know, so it's, um, I think, coming from a place of personal experience and, and professional experience as well. I love that. And it's, I guess, um, you wrote it because when you were struggling, you picked up books. Exactly. That helped you in this way. So you're hoping that, you know, the more books that are like this that are out there, that'll make everyone's life a lot easier because way too many people suffer in silence. Yeah. Correct. And, and to empower people, I suppose, just to take that first step. You know, I understand that there's fear, there's anxieties. We all have them, you know. Um, I have them as well when I go to, to see, you know, professionals. Yes. So that's absolutely normal to have the fear. And at the same time, we still need to make sure that we look after ourselves. I mean, mental health is just as important than, you know, physical health, dental oh, health, you know. Everything. Yeah, it's... it's uh, Probably number one, if you really think about it, because if we don't have... The, we, I call that your mindset, you know. Yes. Your mindset's not in the right place. You're never going to write the book. You're never going to grow the business you want to grow or, or have the, the health and it starts up here and everything else. It's the decision-making, decisions that we make and the strategies we play out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you now. That's exactly right. Yes. Beautiful. So what do you hope to do with your book aside from people getting the book and reading it? Is there something more you're creating behind that? Yes, yeah, so there's um, a program on anxiety, anxiety busting program that's in the works, yes. which is really exciting. Um, so I'll be speaking about that more, you know, yeah. as I go, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, and yes, look, spreading the message. Um, hopefully, this book will be I'll, I'll actually received them. Um, a testimonial yesterday from someone said who said that this book should be part of the curriculum in um, high schools. That would be amazing. It's um, you know something that 
yeah, definitely would love to have to to have happened at some point. Oh, that's that would be awesome, and I'll, I'll be here to see it happen because yeah, you've got a lot of time ahead of you and a lot of things that you can create now. Mm. Like like the it's a, it's going to be an online program, isn't it? Like, Correct, anxiety yeah. yeah programming yeah even both like a little so many people you can help one on one right. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. Yes. And we need to, yeah, we need to spread out the word and make sure that people are equipped with making sure that they become their own psychologists. You know, that's my ultimate goal. Absolutely. So um, tell me about the process of writing the book. You know, how was it? You know, you did a retreat. Was it last year, November? Uh, So yes, November last year. Correct. November. Yeah. And um, how, how did you find going through the program and, you know, just, uh, the timelines the accountability all that sort of stuff that was that was really really fantastic um I think you and I definitely a good match in terms of you know uh we're both organized want to make sure that we know what they're doing um so it that fitted me really really well to have that structure to make sure that everything is set out I didn't have to guess anything no. yeah not, yeah everything was spoon fed to be honest like it's just a very easy smooth um process and it really suited my personality and how I like to work so I I thought it was really fantastic I love working with psychologists because what I've noticed with them they're all very compliant and you know as you say you have a very regulated um you know profession yes so therefore you know um I've always found whenever I meet someone who says I'm a psychologist like great you're probably (laughs) going to be my ideal client because um yeah I mean and testament to you though you have always turned up to all the trainings um even the extra support course Mm. um you know which is easy to just kind of do the main training and you know kind of be around and into it for a few months but it's now been what are we now July so it's been seven or eight months since your retreat Mm. you're continuing to show up and learn Yes. Which is important because it's one thing to write the book and yes the book is out now but you want to develop the online program and you want to create other things that are going to explode the content into lots of different tools that yes. people can utilize absolutely definitely i think that's what i like about your program that when i finished the book and i was asking myself well what's next I, I didn't have to ask because what's yeah, next is there. something. Yeah, you offer that. You offer those master classes. You know, like the coaching couch. All of that yeah. is available. So you know, and you've got this massive community of really supportive authors. Yeah. Um, you know, so you don't like. I never have to ask myself what's next. I'm just, you know, guided by what you're saying. Come to the next training, and I'll give you homework to do. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I'm happy with homework. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I, I always say to people, you know, whenever you guys come to the training and just know that once you've listened to something, there'll be something that you need to implement. And the same thing with me when I work with mentors or with programs, whenever I go to a workshop or a training or a conference, it's like, well, I didn't just spend all that time learning. I need to, what are two or three things I can put into action immediately which is how all of this has built up over the last 12 years. It's not been like just learning, learning, learning. No. You've got to implement mm-hmm. and learn, which is which is what I'm seeing you do all the time as well. Yeah, thank Amazing. you. Amazing. <laughs> so where can people buy the book? Yeah, so the best place is from uh, my website. Which Let me is... share my screen. Yep. I'll pull up your website up. Here it is, nice and big. Uh, <laughs> it's 
name, you guys, yelena-fishman.com.au. <laughs> um, if you're watching this on a live or a podcast, I'm sure it's going to be posted somewhere below uh, in the description, but you can um, um, you can just click through and um, there's a little bit about the book and Yelena there. And of course, the book is also available in a Kindle version yes. and a paperback. And if you can't find that website, you can certainly find it on all your good online um, reseller stores like Amazon's, Barnes and Nobles and all that kind of stuff. So yes, definitely um, worthwhile checking it out. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, as you were talking, you know, I kind of, you you think about in your life, you have many people helping you in different uh, areas, Mm. but have, have you got someone who is, in your corner for your mental health and a psychologist would be an op- a great option for people even if there's nothing horribly wrong right absolutely definitely yes yeah. yes don't any wait parting, <laughs> any parting words that you want to leave our audience with i uh, just go for it you know if if you notice even the slightest you know um sort of something that you think might be worth speaking about, just just go for it. An, an ethical professional is not going to see you unless it's necessary and unless it's going to be beneficial. So, yeah. yeah, you've got nothing to lose. Absolutely. And the benefits um, for those of us that are in Australia, you know, of being able to mm-hmm. subsidize some, kind of, uh, some of this help and having the ability to claim some of it on health insurance and all that. Correct. Uh, there should not be an excuse then. Like, literally, you should definitely be you know, working with, um, with someone who's there in your corner in, in the mental health game. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Just, you know, start with the GP, um, go from there or, um, yeah, even speaking to someone on the phone. Yeah. yeah. Last question. Like say if you knew a psychologist you wanted to go to. Yes. And you had the GP didn't know them. Could they still refer you to someone? Absolutely. Absolutely. You just give the person's name, the GP, um, is going to refer to whoever you want or someone who you know they think but yeah there's no issue with that at all yeah good to know (laughs) answering all the probably frequently asked questions that people have at home thinking i know someone i really want to go to but like you know i don't want to just be referred to a random stranger you know correct awesome thank you so much for all your wisdom today and um you're doing amazing things i can't wait to see you in real life on friday for our lunch and um catch up more socially and keep watching your journey unfold because you really deserve everything you've worked so hard for Um, and so many people want need to hear and get the assistance that you once upon a time needed yourself indeed thank you so All much right, guys. Nice. Well, have a wonderful week ahead and as i like to say smash, smash it out, out. <laughs> see ya <laughs>